This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Church, so glad to have you with us today. We're going to be continuing our series on uh, Jesus, our Jubilee, and you know we said at this time that uh, of Jubilee for the uh, for the Israelites, you know it was a day of, of reset, and we talked about that last week. And I really believe that out of all that's going on, all the shaking, we talked about a whole lot of shaking last week. Uh, you can you can you can go on to YouTube and uh, review that, or if you haven't listened to that, to listen to that. Uh, a lot of shaking going on, that out of that shaking, though, God is going to bring a reset and also new beginnings. And we're going to be talking about new beginnings today. You know, for the children of Israel, the ones who had lost everything, their families in servitude, lost their lands, their homes, you know, and even their self-esteem, perhaps, through uh, uh, decisions and poor decisions and different things. And it was a new beginning for the nation, and it was a new day for God's people on the day of Jubilee. And of course, we've already seen out of Luke 4 that Jesus has declared now that He is our Jubilee. So today we want to talk about uh, Jubilee in the sense of new beginnings because God has some new beginnings, I believe, to bring forth out of this. You know, we can look at our circumstance. We can look at things. Maybe things are are difficult for you right now. But I want to uh, encourage you and assure you, if you will keep your eyes on Jesus, keep trusting God, that He has a new beginning and a reset for you. And uh, the first thing I think that is important for us in this time uh, uh, that we're dealing with and the circumstances we're dealing with, for new beginnings, we need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear what is God saying in this hour? What is He saying to me and my family? What is He saying to the church? What is He saying about the, the circumstances? And, and uh, you know, because, you know, everybody else, there's voices everywhere else, uh, you know, on the news cycle, on the internet, everywhere. People are talking, people are speculating, you know, and you, get, you can get all kinds of things out there. But, you know, the person we really need to hear from is God. And Jesus said this in John 10. He said, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. And he said, in the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So I want to be sure, you know, among hearing all these other voices, that I make sure I'm hearing the loudest. I'm hearing God's voice. And so uh, I mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago in introduction, but I want to return to it for just a a few moments uh, in this lesson. And that is in Exodus 3, the story of Moses in the burning bush. Verse 1, it says, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. Now notice he was in the wilderness. He came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So he said, so Moses thought, I will turn aside and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had come over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here am I. And then God went on, as you know, to give him instructions. But I want you to notice something here. Where did Moses hear the voice of God? It was in the wilderness. 
You may be feeling like you're in a very difficult and wilderness type time right now. You're not sure which way to go or what to do. This is a time for you and I, for all of us who are believers especially, that we need to turn aside and listen for God's voice. We need to find out what God is saying. And that means that we're going to have to, uh, you know, we're going to have to let go of some of our busyness. We're going to have to let go of our plans and our programs and how we think things ought to be done. And, you know, and we need to hear a fresh word from God. Now, here's the thing, you know, you're hearing from ABC, CBS, or UPI, or whoever you listen to and get your news feed from, whoever it might be. But you're listening to them. Listen, you need to listen to God. Get alone uh, on a regular basis. I would encourage you daily. Set some time apart. It's that critical. It's that critical. And, and get into the Bible. Get into your prayer closet or wherever you pray. Get there. Get quiet. Uh, you know, meditate on the Scriptures. Read the Word, but also talk to God. But then listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Maybe He'll give you a verse or a scripture or a couple of scriptures, or He'll give you an impression. You know, I know uh, lately He's even been speaking to me in dreams. He'll speak to you uh, through dreams at times. So, you know, whatever, uh, you know, ways that God chooses, but He does want to speak to you. And Jesus said that His sheep would hear His voice. And it's very critical that we turn aside to hear God's voice. We need to be seeking God in prayer for our church. Not only for Passion Church, yes, if this is your church, Passion Church, but for the body of Christ as a whole. We need to hear what God is saying. We need to be in on the plans of God. We don't need to be surprised about what God is going to do. We should be in the know because we're God's people. We're co-laborers together with Him, the Scripture says. So we need to know God's plans, God's purposes, so that we can make sure that we're pursuing the right thing. You know, I don't want to be busy, you know, running after my own plans and, and building things out of my own wisdom, especially in a time like this. I want to hear what God is saying. And I want to cry out to God. And I want to begin to speak and declare, you know, some things over the church, some things over our nation. Uh, you know, uh, begin to declare God's word that, you know, that our, our leaders are filled with the wisdom of God. That we pray for those who are in authority over us from the, the, the attacks of the enemy. We pray over this nation that, you know, and, and, and use our God-given authority in the name of Jesus to come against the spiritual forces that are at work in and against our nation and against the church. So we need to hear God's voice. And I believe that out of this, there's going to come a new emphasis on prayer and also communion or time with God. You know, in Jeremiah 29, God was speaking this very familiar scripture. I'm going to quote it in just a moment. But he spoke this. You know, you know you've heard this verse. He said, God says, I know the plans I have for you to give you a hope and a future. You, you remember reading about that, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, and, uh, you know, but here's the thing. In the context of that, he was speaking to a nation that was under the servitude of a foreign power. And though they were, they, they were everything looked harsh and hard to them. It looked like, uh, you know, that God had forgot about them. They, they were in captivity. Yet God says, he said, I know the plans I have for you to, to give you a hope and a future. 
you know, uh, that God is not in the midst of this. God does not have, uh, you know, something bad for us. He's got something good for us. And I want to hear what God's plan is. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read that over there because I, I want us to get the full import of that in Jeremiah 29. If you want to turn over there with me, that would be great. Jeremiah 29. Verse 11, notice what he says here. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. That's God's plan. Now, he's speaking to people in captivity. And you may feel like you're in a, a kind of captivity, especially if, you're, if you've lost your job, you're laid off, or you're going through difficulties, you know, uh, economically or otherwise. He says, My plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. Listen, this COVID thing and what's going on here, this is not from God. God said His plans is to prosper us and not to harm you. Not, God's not out to harm you. You need to understand that. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And He said, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Listen, if we think that God is behind this, then you know, you're going to be reluctant to seek God in prayer. I mean, I, mean, you know, I don't want to go because, you know, if this is from God, He might have something else for me. But when I understand that God's plan for me is to give me a hope and a future, His plans is to prosper and not harm me and not harm this nation, then, you know, I, just like He says here, then I'm going to be moved to, by faith and by trust and by the love and care of God. I'm going to seek His face. I'm going to seek His face concerning His plans for, for the church, his, his plans for the nation, His plans for my family. How is God going to turn this around and begin to prosper us and begin to, to, to drive back the COVID-19 and bring restoration and healing to this nation? And that begins by us seeking God. It's absolutely in, essential because there's no one else. You know, uh, most of the people, there's some... Godly people in government, God, God bless them, thank, thank God for that. But you know, it's not from the government that I'm looking for answers. It's from God moving uh, in our nation and on our families and in His church and through His church. So the first thing in New Beginnings is that we need to turn aside. We need to be listening. We need to be praying. We need to be crying out to God for our nation, for God to, uh, God's plans to prosper us, to come forth. And, you know, God will give you insight about what He wants to do in your family and through your family. So I want to encourage you, this time of Jubilee and New Beginnings is a time to turn aside and make some time to pray, to cry out to God, and to listen to God as well. Also, too, out of this, out of all of this chaos and everything, the, the new beginnings, there's going to come uh, a new era, I believe, and a new time is going to be initiated. You know, you remember Noah and the ark, and, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, eight people. It was Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives. They all went into the ark, and the flood came. You know, it, and I mean, it destroyed, the Scripture says, the world that then was, was destroyed, uh, as a matter of fact, I want us to look over there at that Second uh, Peter chapter three. Let's turn over there and look at that because I want to look at that as a as a type. Second Peter three, and we're going to begin reading there about verse eleven. <clears throat> uh oh, I'm in First Peter. Let me get over there in Second Peter three and verse eleven. He said. Uh, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people are you... Well, let me back up. Uh, 
verse 8, I think that's where I want to start. Let me look at my notes here. First Peter, no, verse 4. Go up further than that. Verse 4. 2 Peter 3, 4. We'll get there. <clears throat> he said, they will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, God's word, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And by these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, kept on the day of judgment and destruction. You know, here's the thing. You know, people say, well, you know, this kind of thing has been going on. This kind of thing's been going on. Nothing's ever changed. And Peter, in Peter's day, they were saying the same thing. And he said they are willfully ignorant of the day of Noah, of Noah's flood, that the world that then was, the system that then was, uh, you know, everyone except for Noah and his family who was in the ark. And, of course, we know the ark is a type of Jesus. And in the ark, the ark provided three things for them. It provided protection from the, from the flood. It provided provision because they had put, at the instruction and wisdom of God, they put, you know, all the provision both for them and for the animals. And also, it provided the presence of God. God sealed up the door. God's presence was there. And, you know, we who are believers... As we go through this time, on the other side of this, things are going to look different. I truly believe that, that there's going to be a new era initiated. Things are going to be a little bit different. Things, they may be a lot different. Things that, that uh, as we come through this time, however much longer it is before we come through it, but on the other side, it's going to be like the days of Noah. It's going to be a new era. It's going to be a new time that's going to be initiated. You know, uh, things are going to change in our nation. Things may change in our institutions. And things are going to change, I believe, even in the church as far as the emphasis of things are going. I think one of the things that we're going to see happen is that we're going to move from the altar of the senses to the altar of incense. In other words, there's going to be a focus on the presence of God in worship rather than the, the focus on the meeting place and numbers. And I believe that out of this time, after we're through this time, as we come out of this time, you're going to see more house churches develop. You're going to see more small groups and cell groups develop. There's going to be even more ministry uh, by the people of God. It's not going to be just the pastor doing everything, but it's going to be the people of God out ministering to their neighbors, ministering to their family. It's going to be a change in some ways, in some venues. And I believe it's kind of like Jesus said, it's a new wineskin for the church. In Luke 5, he talked about that. He said, he said new wine has to be contained by a new wineskin. And I believe that as we come through this time, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be revival. We talked about that last week, part of the shaking. There's going to be a revival. There's going to be, be multitudes coming in to the kingdom of God. And you know, <coughs> pardon me, we, you know, we don't have to worry about, you know, can, is our building big enough? Because the, the, there will be some venue changes and there will be things that will happen there. And all those people that will need to be ministered to, you know, not just the pastor, but it's going to be the saints who have been praying, who have been crying out, who have come through the ark of Jesus on the other side of this thing. And we're going to be taking uh, the message uh, to the people and to the people that are coming in. We're going to be discipling them. And we're going to see a great move of God. You know, you can look at different times and seasons uh, throughout church history and you can see 
uh, where different times and seasons where things like this have happened. You know, it was happened at Azusa Street. It happened in the healing revival, uh, the Jesus movement that I came in on. There's different movements when all of a sudden worship changes. All of a sudden, the way uh, we, we express worship and the way we express uh, ministry, it begins to change. And I believe that is some of the things that we're going to see. And it's going to be like a new wine skin because there's going to be new wine poured out of the Holy Spirit. And there's going to be uh, the things that we have uh, heard taught about and, and preached about are going to begin to take place in an even greater measure. That is that the people of God are going to be taking the word to all these people uh, that, that are, are crying out to God, coming into the kingdom of God. They're going to be ministering to them. They're going to be discipling them. And it's going to be a tremendous people movement, if you will, throughout this nation. It's going to be like a great tidal wave of glory coming forth. So there, there's going to be, out of this, we're talking about the Jubilee time and Jesus being our Jubilee, and we're talking about that out of this time is new beginnings. New beginnings. And it's going to begin, of course, with the church, with God's people. That's why I want you to, to grab hold of these uh, messages that I'm bringing, this series, and really go back and, and listen to them and look up the Scriptures and let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you. He may expand it even more than what I'm sharing with you. I'm kind of skipping the rock across the, across the water, across the pond, but the Holy Spirit will give you insight. But I do believe it's a new beginning. And it starts with us turning aside, hearing God's voice, and understanding that God has good plans for us and for our nation. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us, not to bring judgment on us, but to bring revival, to pour out His Spirit as we cry out to God. And then that's going to usher in this new era that's, that's going to be like new wine in new wineskins. And we're going to see some things change. Maybe, uh, you know, in our in our nation even. Some things are going to change there. That maybe things will change politically and economically. But also especially in the church. And a new wineskin. And God is going to bring forth something that's going to be like a jubilee. It's going to be a new time. And a new era. And uh, a new and a fresh move from God. And a fresh word from God. God's going to bring something fresh and new into, into our lives and through the church, a message that's going to usher in so much of the plans and purposes of God. You know, as God wants to do something new, you know, He begins to stir up the hearts of His people. You know, it's not just something happens automatically. You know, the day of Pentecost didn't just sudden, I mean, you know, it says suddenly the Holy Spirit showed up, but you know, they'd been praying for 10 days. Jesus had already given them a word. He said, listen, he said, you stay in Jerusalem. He said, the Holy Spirit's coming. Well, you know, they, they, they stayed in the upper room, but, you know, they were praying. They were looking in the Scriptures. There was an expectation there. And, you know, something was stirring within those 120 that, that kept them there and kept them seeking God. And, of course, they were rewarded by their, their faithfulness and by their diligence. And I believe that in the body of Christ, if you and I will be faithful in this season, if we will cry out to God, if we will have an expectation of God's good plan and God's good purposes for the future uh, of, uh, of His church, of this nation, for our families, and we will not let go of that, but we will hold on to it tenaciously and cry out to God, then you know what? We're going to be a part 
of that new wine skin that he's going to pour in that fresh wine, that new wine into. We will be instruments and vitally involved in this last day revival. Boy, I'll tell you, that encourages me and I hope it encourages you. And then finally, uh, what I want to mention today in our message on new beginnings, new beginnings, Jesus, our Jubilee, is that there's going to be some changes in relationships are going to be realigned. Uh, un- ungodly covenants are going to be severed, and ungodly alliances are going to be corrected. You know, uh, uh, covenants, you know, and there was uh, uh, in Joshua, let's turn over there real quickly, let's just read that. When the Israelites were coming in to the promised land, God had told them, he told Joshua, he said, make no covenant with the people of the land. He said, because I'm giving you this land and I want you to drive them out. He said, make no covenant. So there was a, 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 a people group, the, the Gibeonites, and they were very, very, you want to call it deceitful or whatever you want to call it, you know, and, and they pretended, they heard about what was going on, and so they pretended, you know, to be a people from a long way off and everything, and, and by their trickery, they brought Joshua and Israel into covenant with them. Verse 3, Joshua 9, 3, however, when the people of Gibeon heard of what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. They went they went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn-out sacks and old wineskins, cracked and mended. They put worn and patched saddles on their feet, and all their bread and food was dry and moldy. They went to Joshua and said, We've come from a distant land, and we want you to make a covenant with us. And the Israelites said, But perhaps you live near us, so how can we make a covenant with you? And, and, and Joshua asked, Who are you, and where do you come from? And they answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of your God. And, and, and he said, and they went on and talking about, for we've heard reports and all that he's done and how he's destroyed your enemies. And, and our elders and those living in our country said, take provisions for your journey and go meet them. Say, we want to make a covenant with you. And they went on and on talking about their bread and everything. So it says, the Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. And Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to live with them. And the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. Now, they made a a covenant, and this covenant, because they had a covenant with Israel, it meant that Israel could not attack them. It meant that Israel could not uh, wage warfare against them because they had a covenant with them. And and, uh, uh, with that covenant agreement, they were bound by, uh, you know, to protect them, not destroy them, not drive them out. And, of course, later on they found out that they really weren't from a faraway country, that they were really close by. But here's the thing. Notice, they made a covenant, and they didn't inquire of the Lord. And so, you know, there's some ungodly covenants that's going to need to be severed. And some of these ungodly covenants that people have that need to be severed in this time are with hurts and pains of the past, failures of the past, uh, inward vows we've made, different things like that. And we've carried around these things, and we've made as it were, a covenant with them. You know, you say, well, how can you say we made a covenant with them? Because we don't war against them. We've stopped warring against them. We've, we learned to live with them. We're like Pharaoh, and we've learned to live with the frogs. We've learned to live with that hurt and that woundedness and that emotional pain, and we're carrying that around with us. And this is a time when, in Jubilee, when those old covenants can be and need to be severed.
We need to let go of all that stuff in the past. Forgive and let go. Let it be a brand new start. Let, let the jubilee time of Jesus, His blood and His grace and His Spirit, let it sever all of those old covenants you had with all of the pain and all of the failure of your past and let it drop off. Let it just, just, just uh, let go of all the hurt and let those covenants ungodly covenants be severed don't keep living with the frogs don't keep living with those things as if you had a covenant with them let them go and then ungodly alliances will need to be corrected in second corinthians i want to read this over here chapter six <clears throat> paul is speaking here in verse 14 he said don't be yoked together with unbelievers for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of God, as God has said. I will live in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So there's some, there's some unhealthy and ungodly alliances that we need to let go of. Now, he's talking here about individuals and people. And that, that may be true. There may be some people that you just need to, you know, you, you need to stay friends but at a distance. You don't need to be bosom buddies with them because they're dragging you down. And that could be the case. But I would like to take it a little bit further and say also that some of these ungodly alliances are with mindsets that we have. Mindsets, you know, and alliances of doubt, of fear, of worry a poverty-minded, lack-minded. These are some of the alliances that some have mentally, mental alliances they've made with these things. And they, I mean, you know, they're full of fear. They worry all the time. They're discouraged all the time. They have no joy. Uh, you know, they're always seeing and thinking about, how, you know, what they don't have. And you know what you need to do? You need to come out from among them, God says. You need to separate yourself from these ungodly mindsets and alliances that you've made with them because they're holding you back. They're keeping you from entering into the jubilee that God has for you. And you know what? The Bible says if we get our minds renewed, then, you know, we will be transformed. And as we're transformed, we can enter in to all that God has for us. And that's what jubilee is about. Jubilee is about us entering in to all that God has for us. We can be free of fear. We can be free of doubt and worry. We can be free of those things. And we can begin to step back into the jubilee Jesus has provided for us. We can go back to the possessions that God intended for us to have. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to, uh, to be well in your body. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have good success. He wants your family to be blessed and to be saved. This is jubilee. And Jesus is our jubilee. The Lamb slain. The perfect sacrifice. So as we think about Jesus, our jubilee, it's new beginning time. Turn aside to hear God's voice. Re re recognize when God speaks to you and get ready for something new. Uh, God's plans, God's purposes, not the COVID purposes, not uh, the politicians' plans and purposes, but God's purposes. And then reassess 
where there may be some ungodly covenants that need to be severed or some ungodly alliances that need to be corrected. Now I would ask you this, what will it take for you to turn aside during this time to spend time with God? What will it take? It's going to take, you know, you've you got to get your back against the wall before you'll turn aside. You know, there's a lot of people I know, you know, uh, I mean, they, they wait until, you know, uh, just about everything's torn up before they ever, you know, turn aside to seek God. Listen, if things are going pretty good for you or going really well for you, listen, that's not the time to just coast. You need to be turning aside and listening to God. And if you are feeling like your back is against the wall, this is really the time. You've got to make the time to turn aside and seek God and hear what He says. God will make a way of escape for you. He absolutely will because Jesus is your jubilee. And then secondly, let me just remind you this. Hearing God's voice enables you to change. When the change comes, when the new wine comes, when the move of God begins to go in a little bit different direction, you, instead of resisting it, you're going to be able to recognize it and just flow with what God's doing. And that's where the blessing is. When we're in step with God, there's where the grace is, there's where the blessing is, that's where the peace is, and that's where your provision will be. We're talking about new beginnings, Jesus as our jubilee. I want to pray for you right now. And I'm going to pray, uh, you know, uh, uh, for you and believe that you will hear the voice of God, that you will set yourself to hear it. And when you hear that voice of God, that you will be obedient to it. Father, I pray for all those listening today. Father, I pray, Lord, that, that, that they will take this time and set it apart, O oh God, and seek your face. Really seek you, O oh God, to get into your word, to, to, to get quiet and get silent before you uh, for a season and listen. And Father, that they will also, in their prayer closet, O oh God, they will cry out for their families. They will cry out for the church and they will cry out for this nation. Father, you said you have good plans. You have a hope and a future for us in the church and for our nation. And Lord, we believe that it shall be even as you speak into our ear. God, encourage the people who are listening today. God, thank you in Jesus' name for encouragement. Well, thank you for joining us today. I hope this word gives you some, some food for thought. I hope that uh, it encourages you to really turn aside and seek the face of God and get ready for the new thing God is wanting to do. Just before we close, we will, as we always do, and to give you opportunity to give, uh, to sow your seed into the ministry of Passion Church. You know, Passion Church, uh, not only here in our community, but we support all kind of mission works around the world that's helping people, feeding people, uh, lifting people, planting churches, getting the gospel out, many different things. And so, you know, you're investing. And I want to encourage you today as you're giving to remember this, you're investing in an unshakable kingdom and an unshakable economy. Man, it's crazy what the, uh, you know, if you've got some stocks and things, and I've got a few of those, and boy, I'm telling you, it's, it's one day it's up here, and the next day it's down there, and then the next day it's up here, and the next day it's down there. But you know, that's because things are shakable here. But in God's unshakable kingdom, when you invest there, I'm going to tell you what. He said He would meet all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, the economy of heaven is sound. And I'm telling you, it's going to, you're going to reap a great harvest and you're going to reap a great return on your investment for Him. God bless you. Have a great week.
Finally. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.